Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Wednesday, January 13th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. It's LA's crucial week for COVID. Plus, how our digital lives are feeding mob mentalities. First, though, today's one big thing. It's not just D.C. State capitals are also preparing for armed protests. The FBI has warned of armed protests planned at all 50 state capitals and Washington, D.C. next week in the lead up to President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration. One of those state capitals is Lansing, Michigan, where armed protesters shut down the building once already last May. Yesterday, Michigan state capitol officials banned open carry guns inside the legislature. But the state's attorney general said that ban isn't enough to keep the capitol safe. Lansing City Council President Peter Spatafore has requested assistance from the National Guard for added security. Councilman Spatafore, thanks for taking the time to speak with us this morning. My pleasure to be here. Thank you. Why do you feel like Lansing needs the National Guard for the coming weeks? When someone tells me they may be violent, I'm going to take them at their word and heed that warning. I watched the events unfold in our nation's capital last week. Many of my friends are staffers on Capitol Hill. I was texting with them, fearful that I would never hear from them again, never see them again. And when I didn't get responses, my mind went to the worst place. And I don't want the people I work with on a regular basis to have that happen to them. What we saw last week was an attack on our democratic institutions. And what we saw last May with rifles intimidating our state senators was also an attack on democratic institutions. I don't want to see that happen here again. And I want to make sure that whatever First Amendment demonstrations we see in our community don't turn violent and don't turn destructive. Why is the open carry ban not enough to make sure that doesn't happen? Because the ban for open carry in the Capitol only applies to the inside of the Capitol building. We have downtown businesses. We have buildings that aren't state building. We have buildings that aren't federal property or city property where that ban has no impact. That ban has no weight. So we need to make sure that law enforcement at all levels are prepared to keep the peace in our community. So I wonder, with all of that said, what keeps you up at night right now? What are you worrying about as... Lansing City Council president. It is this type of stuff. It's what are the levers that I can pull on to ensure resident and visitor safety? I hope that when all of this is over, we've overreacted. But I would rather wake up with that feeling than a feeling of, man, we should have done more. Lansing City Council member Peter Spatafore. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate the time. Of course. Have a great day. Last week's assault on the Capitol was shocking, but it stemmed from a mob mentality that's only increasing. Axios' Sarah Fisher has been reporting that so-called groupthink is actually fueled by the Internet. Sarah, I think a lot of this actually has to do with the way our brains categorize and process information. What are researchers telling you about the science behind this? Scientists and researchers find that people rely on mental shortcuts, heuristics, to be able to determine whether or not something is true or false. And common heuristics include things like relying on certain demographics, people that are similar in skin tone, in religion, in socioeconomic status, as you are, to verify facts and information. And so some of the researchers that we've talked to said that for many people in America, Donald Trump became a heuristic. He became somebody that people relied on to verify 
news and information so that they themselves wouldn't have to deduce whether or not something was fact or fiction. So, Sarah, as you've spent time seeing how this plays out on not just mainstream but fringe right platforms, what does it look like in the digital space? What you find on fringe platforms is that the same filters that are used in Twitter and Facebook to weed out misinformation, they just don't exist. And so you're going to see a lot more very racially motivated, ugly, scary types of memes. One that I saw following the Capitol attack was a visual of a police officer looking at a black person during the BLM riots. And he says, hey, how can we work with you to make this stop? And it's the same police officer with a gun pointed at a rioter in the Capitol, basically saying, I'm going to shoot you. So the idea with what you just described is that the police were antagonizing protesters at the Capitol. Exactly right. And to that point, how it ties into what we've been talking about, you saw tons of people show up to the Capitol last week with all these signs that said, Blue Lives Matter, we love cops. Yet, when police officers tried to urge these protesters to back down, they would scream at them and quite honestly be violent against them. And so that's just a good example of how groupthink was really prevalent during those Capitol riots to the point where it overrode any logic or anything that these rioters stood for if it meant getting to the point that they wanted to get to, which was just storming a capital and creating an insurrection. The Associated Press says at least 90 people have been arrested for their participation in last week's insurrection. The charges range from misdemeanors, like curfew violations, to felonies that include assault on police officers, illegal weapons possession, and making death threats against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Sarah Fisher writes Axios' Media Trends newsletter. L.A. County has been battling the worst coronavirus crisis in the country. More than 12,000 people have died, almost half of that over just the past two months. Hospitalizations have stabilized recently, but healthcare workers are bracing for a post-holiday surge. Ron Lynn has been covering the COVID crisis for the L.A. Times. Ron, What's the most urgent part of this crisis for L.A. right now? The hospitals are overwhelmed. We have a situation where hospitals around the county are prepared to initiate what's known as crisis standards of care. And this is a situation in which doctors have run out of staff and equipment and start to need to make the difficult decisions about who gets the most aggressive life-saving treatment and attention of the critical care nurses and the ventilators and the respiratory therapists and those who do not because they're deemed less likely to survive. The hospitals are so overcrowded that it's taking ambulances as much as 17 hours to drop off patients in the emergency room. It can be anywhere from three to 10 hours, but in the one of the most extreme examples, we've heard 17 hours. And this is causing great consternation because heart attack patients, stroke patients are not getting to the hospital as quickly as possible. And that's a big problem. Ron, I know this is probably a complex question to ask, but what does your reporting show about why this is so bad in L.A. right now? Yeah, I mean, I think part of the issue is that California and L.A. did relatively well in the spring and the summer. 
we were seeing these surges elsewhere in the country in other states, but it hadn't quite hit California. So there was almost a sense that California had figured it out. And I think what ended up happening was people started gathering again, and state officials did actually, for the first time, allowed people to start gathering in, in small groups. They said it was outdoors, but people started taking liberties with that. The big thing that happened was, of course, Thanksgiving, when people came together, even though health officials pleaded with them not to. And I think that is a major reason for why we're in this you know, severe situation right now. And so are we expecting another big surge after Christmas and New Year's, given what happened over Thanksgiving? Yeah, a lot of people are expecting that. I mean, the hospitals have to be prepared for the worst. The big question, though, it will be this week. L.A. County is seeing 750 to 800 new COVID hospitalizations every day. It's gone as far up as 1,000. Now, it's entirely plausible that we could see it double, even triple, based off of that. And if that happens, that's bringing us to a catastrophe. Ronlin is covering the COVID crisis for the L.A. Times. Speaking to us from California, thank you, Ron. Sure thing. Before we go, here's what we're watching today. Last night, the House of Representatives approved a resolution to formally request Vice President Pence invoke the 25th Amendment that would declare President Trump unfit for office. On this vote, the yeas are 223, the nays are 205. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. Vice President Pence told Speaker Pelosi in a letter last night he would not do it. He said invoking the 25th Amendment was not in the best interest of the nation. That means today the House will vote on articles of impeachment against the president. That's all we've got for you today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. And if you're a fan of the show, the best way to support us is to leave us a review. That makes it easier for other people to find us. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. 